Section 32 is the document you sign when you purchase property. They are the best to be read by your legal representative to ensure you're not buying something that you don't understand. Most people read it for what it tells you about the rates, water and other supplies, but there is so much more. We have Adam Docking, the Senior Vice President of the REIV on today to tell us what we really should be looking out for. Welcome to Real Estate Right, where we talk to top experts on how to buy, sell, rent and invest right. Your hosts are Grant Kennedy and Sue Langer. Adam is a Senior Vice President of the Real Estate Institute of Victoria and the Director of MJ Docking and Associates with over 20 years experience in the real estate industry. The Vermont-based agency was founded by his father in 1983 and provides services in residential sales, commercial sales and property management. A member since 1994, Adam is an associate of the Real Estate Institute, the current chair of the REIV's auction chapter and is passionate about auctioneering. Welcome, Adam. Yay. Welcome, Adam. Good morning, Grant. Good morning, Sue. How are Thanks you? coming on. I'm very good. Happy to do it. Happy to do it. Uh, so, Adam, how did you get into real estate? Um, I was never pushed into it. I'm a second generation real estate agent. And uh, so it was one of those sort of things. One morning I woke up and I was married. I had a mortgage. I had a couple of kids and I was in real estate. So it was, I just sort of flowed into it. And um, uh, look, it's, uh, I'm in it for life. I mean, I'm actually up to 28 years now. And I, I see real estate as a profession and I, I, uh, you know, I'm here to do as much as I possibly can to enhance the professionalism of, of real estate. And so I love it. Uh, said it. It's in your blood. Once it's in your blood, you'll never get out of it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Fair enough. So getting to the grind of the topic, uh, what is a Section 32 and why is it an important document? Look, the easiest way to explain it, it's a roadworthy for the title. Um, when yeah. you buy real estate, you actually get the structure and everything technically for free. You're buying the land and you're buying what's on title in the titles office. Yeah. It's what you need. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's definitely what you need. It's a document. Yeah. <laughs> so what should prospective purchasers look at when they go through the section 32? Um, the most important document is the title uh, to make sure that it, uh, matches up all the all the all the um, title details, the numbers and so forth, and the lot numbers, volume numbers, folio numbers match up with what's on the contract of purchase. Um, it's like an identity, so you want to make sure that uh, the title matches what is what you're going to be moving into. Yeah. So those numbers are like land sizes, because sometimes those land measurements can be slightly off from what the agent says versus the title. Can't they? Okay. Firstly, a lot of the original titles, okay, there's, there's two titles, really. Yeah. There's the old ones, which are feet and inches, yes. and the new ones, the metric. Generally, the metric ones usually have the, the whole title details and the land size. You, the title doesn't actually show the land size. It shows the dimensions okay. and effectively how a surveyor can go out and find that block of land um so the actual physical title doesn't show land boundaries or anything like that that's kind of the uh the uh plan of subdivision which is part of it and shows uh, let's say a, a bird's eye view of, of all the subdivision uh in your group and obviously makes note of your property as well fair enough 
Um, so usually people go through to check what costs are involved with running the property, like water rates, council rates, and maybe owners' corporations if it's a unit. Uh, but what other hidden costs could appear on a Section 32? Okay, you're right with that is is the title, oh, sorry, the, the Section 32 will show you uh, the council rates. It'll show you the, um, uh, the water rates. Uh, if it's a unit or a, a, a something like that, it will show also the body corporate rates. Yeah. Um, the one thing that does stump a lot of people is uh, if it's property is an investment property, it may have a, a land tax certificate in that. That okay. is not your cost. That's not your cost. Whose cost is that? No. That's actually a cost of a vendor. Land tax is, is um, a vendor cost or an owner cost. It depends on what you're purchasing the property for. So that yeah. certificate will just show what the vendor is paying in land tax. Um, it is not transferred over to you as a cost. Because the use of that property is being as an investment property, not as a principal place of residence. Is that right? That's why Correct. vendor has that that cost. Correct, yeah. Okay. And, and land tax is based on the vendor's ownership of property. Yes. Not on yours. If you're buying a property as a principal place of residence, there's no land tax. Good to know. Well, I remember when I purchased my property, there was, in regards to the council rates and, and that kind of thing, I remember there was sort of a thing where an amount owing on that and then they calculated it. So I think the vendor had to pay that amount and then I had to pay from there. Pro rata? Yeah, pro rata or something like that. It all seemed a little bit tricky. So can you maybe Okay. Um, Yeah, certainly. Um, When you purchase a property, there may be, say, outstanding fees, council rates, Yarra Valley water rates or the like. Um, The the pro rata is on that. It's called an adjustment. So let's say for argument's sake, you pay your rates every quarter. So say, let's say the next rate notice is due in, well, December for argument's sake. You settle the property in, say, September, October. Um, There's an adjustment made of what the vendor has incurred up until settlement and then you take over the rest from there. Uh, If there is outstanding rates, let's say for argument's sake, the vendor hasn't paid rates for... 12, 18 months, two years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, the vendor still occur, incurs all those costs and there's adjustments made at the end. So if you buy a property for, oh, let's do round figure. Let's say you buy a property for a million dollars. Yeah. Um, you've paid your $100,000 deposit. So at settlement, you're owing the, the, the vendor $900,000. Of that $900,000, you may be asked to write a, uh, a numerous number of checks out. I mean, I've got obviously old school checks. It's all PEXA yeah. now. Um, but you might be asked to cover the vendor's outstanding rates. Let's say the vendor owes $5,000 in rates. Mm-hmm. So of that $900,000, now the vendor is down to receiving $895,000. The council is paid out. And the same thing with any outstanding water rates or any other, it could be body corporate or so forth like that. Yeah. So as a purchaser, you are never... Um, expected to pay over the purchase price and pay out the vendor's um, previous previous costs, debts. That's the word, debts, yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, it is a bit worrying, especially when you're buying a house for the first time. You you see all these numbers floating around and you're just like, whoa, you know. It just needs to always come out of your pocket, doesn't it? It does, doesn't (laughs) it? (laughs) It seems like it. Yep, exactly. What are the main concerns that appear 
on a section 32 that could make or break a sale? Um, look, probably the main concern or the, or the main thing you've got to look at is the zoning because you might be looking at it. So for argument's sake, look, a perfect example. We, uh, we sold a property last week. It's a very, very large block of land. It's 2,000 odd square metres of land. Mm-hmm. Um, the zoning is perfect for multi-unit development. So obviously every developer was, was uh, crawling over the property until the section, 30, uh, section 32 showed that there was a tree of significant, significance on the property, uh, which shows up obviously on the section 32. Uh, and instantly that property went from being a five unit development to a four unit development. So that affected obviously the value of the property, um, what you could do on the property uh, and also uh, the number of units you could build. So obviously the vendors had, or the purchasers had to uh, recalculate what they felt the property was worth based on that information that came up on the section 32. Yeah. Yeah. So like I wrote up a property in East Bentley uh, pre last year where it was backing onto Yarra Yarra golf course and a little syndicate decided to buy it thinking that a syndicate of a, an accountant, a lawyer and uh, a new builder, I think was the, the group of three people who decided to buy it. But there was a, a rear lane that actually went into the, the golf course, but on things like Google Maps and all that sort of stuff, it sort of showed that it was just a, a, a normal right-of-way for everybody and it wasn't. It was only access for the golf course. And so they're oh, okay. really excited that they've got this place. Oh, we're going to put four units on this block. Right? Uh, got we're going, we've got the rear access. Uh, no, you don't. Like, so <laughs> <laughs> after they've signed the documents, no, you don't. And yeah. um, so they had to sort of reassess how they were going to do that. So I don't know how they've done that but they bought it at auction so uh they had to go wow deal it's called caveat emptor buyer beware it is is the onus on the buyer to uh to do all his due diligence yeah yeah what concerns should we have when it comes to the history of the land for instance it could be a site of an old tip or chemical factory, a floodplain or riverbed. There could be provision for a freeway over the back fence or huge trees that are affecting foundations. What section of the Section 32 should we be able to find that information? Uh, generally, the Section 32 won't show all that sort of previous history of the property. Um, okay. If going through your your list of things like uh, what previous use on the property, mm. very rarely will zoning change on a property um, Except to sort of obviously from you know broad acreage to units uh, to yeah. uh, to house lot subdivisions and so forth like that. Yeah. Um, if you're going to do that type of investigation, which look absolutely you should do, yeah. uh, head over to the council and see what records the council has of it. Um, the section 32 again, it's sort of like the roadworthy for the car, so it shows you what the car's quality running is like now not what it was when it was brand new in 1964 or something like that so what you're looking at as a section 32 is you really want to check the zoning um there's also say depending on the area it doesn't obviously affect us here because we don't have rivers or so forth but you want to look for areas where there might be a flood rating on the property um perfect example we had a property in uh in warrandite backing onto uh, the yarra river again about a 2,000 square meter block uh, the house was built right at the front, um, which made absolutely no sense whatsoever until you had a look at the title and there was a big flood uh, flood level on the property, which uh, prevented any type of construction whatsoever yeah. uh, on the back part of the house. So you, all that type of information will be on the uh, Section 32, um, but it won't really give you a history or a snapshot. 
the old section 32s that were still we'll call them parchment were fantastic they had a, a history of the property and who owned it and you could actually do uh, a little bit of a checkup on and it was at the time also where uh, the owner's uh, vocation mm, was shown yeah. up there so, and like John Smith uh, Baker or exactly yeah <laughs> they were fantastic to read. They were really, really good. But uh, no, it's really a section 32 is a snapshot of the property now, what it wasn't previous. Yeah. Um, unless there's something very much like that, let's say for argument's sake, there was, you know, it was, that will go for commercial mm. um, you know, details of uh, environmental impact and all that sort of stuff. But that really will show up on your, on your zoning. Yeah. The flood type stuff, that's called an overlay. Is that right? Um, the overlays are generally things like special VPO, Vegetation Protection Overlay, SLO, Significant Landscape Overlay. Yeah. Most suburbs or most cities, the uh, City of Whitehorse is a perfect example. That has what's called a, sec- a Significant Landscape Overlay Schedule 9 over it, mm-hmm. uh, which is effectively protecting every tree except for the, uh, uh, for the weeds. Um, look, and so that that's across all of them, the VPOs and all those sort of things. There will be a flood level on a property. Um, it's not necessarily an overlay. It'll be showing up on the on the title and so forth, and there will be a certificate in there of, of, of flood flood zone or something like that. Uh, those other lo- overlays that you mentioned, are they in the section mm-hmm. thirty two though, or is correct? That you have to go. No, all the overlays are on the section thirty two, and in generally they are also showing. Um, on the title certificates and so forth like that now. Yeah, sure. Uh, the type of things that are not shown on a section 32 uh, mm-hmm. would be things like school zones. Uh, yeah. That really just goes through the education department. Uh, those type of zonings or if, uh, you know, you're in the zone for a school like, say, the Mount Waverley Secondary or, in our case, Vermont Secondary College, mm-hmm. uh, those sort of things aren't shown up on certificates that are in the section 32. Uh, yeah. That's really to do about the suburb that you live in. What the section 32 really focuses on on is things that would affect the title of the property, yeah. um, not necessarily the area. So it won't show up things like, um, you know, there was a meth lab three doors down or, you know, you're it in the should, zone. No, it shouldn't it? It really should. Um, <laughs> look, there's, there's a lot of things that I think should be on a Section 32 yeah. because, look, as, as a real estate agent, it's incumbent on us to, one, work for the vendor, but also be ethical and so forth. The question we get asked a lot by uh, commentators is, you know, what should or do we disclose on a property? Um, The main things that we'll disclose to a potential purchaser are things that would material affect their decision to buy the property or not. Um, So, you know, a perfect example, uh, there was a thing in the paper or in the news, I think, last year about the houses that had been involved in murders and things like that. Mm. If you were purchasing that property and you found out later on, would that affect you? Uh, in purchasing the property, then really we it's incumbent on us to to tell you those sort of things. The other thing we must do is also, if you ask us a direct question, we'll answer it to, to the best of our knowledge. Yeah. Um, but they're sort of generally about the property or the or the, the residence, not necessarily about the title. And to be honest with you, if a meth lab is like three doors down, you'll see an arrangement of, say, 10 to 15 cameras, you know, CCTV cameras pointing <laughs> in every direction. 
That's what it's for my experience. Like, I go to meth labs, but when I've written up houses where there's lots of... You're a bit worried about how you're saying your experience when you go to meth labs. <laughs> no, I don't go to meth labs. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I do remember doing a property in Elwood once. There was way too many uh, CCTV cameras pointing in absolutely every single direction. <laughs> Uh, Pretty much giving themselves away. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, give it away. They might as well just put a neon sign out the front door. Oh, they? I know. Yeah. yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. So, when we look at an apartment or a unit, how important is it to go through those owners' corporation minutes? Oh, very, very important. Um, oh, the other thing also they'll show up on a section 32 is the, uh, the owners' corporation fees. Yeah. Um, owners' corporation minutes are very, very important also to get a, uh, uh, the rules of the owners' corp because, let's say for argument's sake, you've got a couple of dogs and a couple of cats. Yeah. You want to make sure that uh, the owners' corp allows pets in, in, the, in the building. Yeah. Um, the other thing also that the owners' corp that you want to go through those minutes, so you want to find out what the fees are. Um, a lot of uh, apartment buildings, for argument's sake, or actually or multi-unit developments will have a um, what's called a sinking fund. Yes. So uh, you want to make sure that you, you're not moving into a property that the sinking fund is is a substantial amount because I don't know, they might want to be wanting to redo the plumbing or the sewerage mm. or rebuild or repaint or something like that. So you absolutely do want to read every page of a Section 32. And especially if you don't understand something, seek professional advice yeah i must admit i write up a place in docklands or something and the owners corporation fees were about forty thousand dollars a year because of high rise three or four lifts generally yeah generally yeah yeah the things that make an owners corporation expensive are elevators elevators gymnasiums 24-hour caretakers, all those sort of things. Yeah, they Ooh, yeah, add yeah. up. You pay through the nose. Yeah. Yep. Manicured gardens, like like when they have, <laughs> have some pretty long gardens. Yeah. Um, when buying a house uh, with a pool or a spa, what do we need to be concerned about in that respect? Look, the number one thing you need to be concerned about is making sure that the pool uh, or the fences are up to, up to code and so forth like that. Um, once the pro- property transfers to the purchaser, it becomes the purchaser's uh, responsibility. Yeah. Um, so you want to see if there's any certificates in there of uh, pool safety. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So what's the strangest thing you've ever seen on a section 32? Oh gosh. Strangest thing I've ever seen on section. Oh, look, uh, seen it quite a number of times. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually two, two stories. The number of times that we've seen the wrong title oh, really? on a section 32. Yeah. That's very, very common. Yeah. Um, on a section 32, it lists the, to, uh, the the lot number, the volume number, the folio number, but it also has the parent folio and title details on it as yeah. well. And the number of times they've gotten the wrong title, yeah. very, very, very common. Um, the other ones that we have happen quite often because obviously there's conveyances that are fairly busy yeah. um, is that they actually take too many documents off the printer at once oh. and uh and they bind up a section 32 that might have their lunch order in it and a few <laughs> other things in there as well so that's happened quite a few times oh, we've had to go back and say hey listen we don't really need your, your bank statements <laughs> attached to them as well 
<laughs> things like the wrong title can make that can make or break a sale, couldn't it? Too, because in more ways than one. Uh, because yeah. if you buy the wrong property and someone signs off on it, yeah, yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah, that will that will that <laughs> that will cause a lot of trouble. Um, I can talk from experience with me. The the the, the most the strangest thing that's ever happened. That, that I know have actually happened to my wife and I personally, yeah. we bought a property in Blackburn that was, uh, look, imagine a square. We bought the title or the property in the bottom right-hand corner of that square and the other part of it was a parkland. It was just you know, a kid's playground. Yeah. Um, when we went to settle on the property, uh, the council in their wisdom rezoned the entire square as public open space, including our title. So it took six months to go through and get that uh, title restruck as a residential title and not as a public open space so that's okay. happened from the time you've purchased it to the time you've gone to settle that actually happened from the time the uh the vendor purchased it oh it was never picked up right so they mm. actually had a place in public open space technically speaking yes. yes it was just a mistake but when you're dealing with bureaucracy nothing takes uh, a quick time this one took six yeah, months I to mean, go you need to get that in order because you know should anything mm-hmm. go wrong in the future insurance yeah. wise or whatever you know they'll mm-hmm. be better against you i guess yeah. anyway mm-hmm. i think yeah, I, potentially yeah. yeah i actually think i did a house recently where it was on two titles and one title was public open space and the other title was um mm. was the property and but mm. it was being sold as as one but it backed onto a freeway, which was lovely. I had some boats and some really rusty old sheds on it. But <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, but the house, I think the house was the original farmhouse of the area or one of the yeah. original farmhouses. Yeah. With regards to body corporates, especially uh, when purchasing off the plan, yes, um, your section 32 will also include the contract of sale. Um, that is a time when you want to make sure that everything is read through by a professional conveyancer or a solicitor. When you purchase off the plan, it will actually have all the building details in there as well. Make sure that you are covered for cost overruns or so forth. A perfect example is in some of the in the high-rise apartments, yeah. a developer um, has the right in some respects to alter the floor plan or the size of the property you're buying within about a 5% range without one having to, uh, to alert you or two um, change the contract. Oh, okay. That's a bit scary. Yeah. Yeah. Very. So the best advice is really get your lawyer to look at it before. Always, always, always read through it. Yeah. And don't, and, and don't just assume that you know what you're doing. Yeah. I've done that plenty of times. <laughs> shouldn't have but i have <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm the same way. yeah so many people do it though don't they we're all guilty of it oh we are Look, i'm the same as i said i mean uh, uh we have a rule here in the office that when we receive a section 32 or a contract um that it must be read through page by page by page at least a week before the sale yeah. if it's an auction in case it's something that uh is missing or incorrect we've got time to change it yeah yeah fair enough Okay, so we're going to take a little break now and um, come back with some of Grant's fun facts. Yeah, 
Grants Fun Facts. So Section 32 is valid for three months as long as the information remains up to date. Would that be fair? Correct. Yeah. Correct. If you provide a Section 32 and work has been done within the required time frame and you do not provide the relevant uh, builder certificates or owner's builder insurance or do not have the owner's corporation certificate when selling an apartment or unit, your Section 32 may be considered defective and the buyer can cancel the contract and you are left with the sales fees, marketing and legal fees. Would that be fair? Uh, fair, yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There you go. Now, we've also got some weird laws. Uh, these are from the lawyerportal.com. Uh, did you know that, that until 1998, it was illegal to change a light bulb in Victoria unless a licensed electrician did it? The fine was $10. However, the 1998 Electricity Safety Act updated the law to allow us Victorians to be able to change a light bulb and remove a plug from a PowerPoint without an electrician. It's <laughs> a nice weird fact, isn't it? 1998. Well, the government would have made billions if they'd actually enforced that. I yeah, know. Exactly. Can you imagine how they're going to, you know, the dobbers, the next door neighbours looking through their windows, we'll get you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. In Arizona, it is against the law to have a sleeping donkey in your bathtub after 7pm. It was brought into law in 1924 due to a public menace case where a merchant used to allow his donkey to sleep in his bathtub. Town flooded when the local dam broke and the donkey washed uh, a mile down the valley. The donkey survived, but the locals spent a lot of time and manpower rescuing the donkey, so the law was passed soon after. So go. no donkeys in your bathtub. <laughs> oh, okay, I better write that one down there because that happens all the time. It does, doesn't it? We've actually got a donkey living across the road from us at the moment. <laughs> it's hilarious. Uh, in Scotland... It is against the law to not allow someone to use your toilet. If they knock on your door requesting to use it, let's hope they aren't coming in for anything else. Mm. So that'd be a bit weird, wouldn't it? Just somebody going, oh my God. I need to use your toilet. There you go. In <laughs> Samoa. It that is- happens quite often at open houses. People have actually had quite a number of times where we've gone around an open house to lock it up Yeah. after the open. And something didn't add up right because there's, there's more people that walked in the house and walked out, and sure enough, there's people in the toilet. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, and I yeah. couldn't do it. <laughs> in Samoa, it is illegal to forget your wife's birthday. You will be getting more than the silent treatment from her. You'll get some time locked away to think about how you make it up to her. Mm. So don't forget your wife's birthday, Adam. Now it's Sue's quick quiz. Are you ready for this, Adam? Not at all. Okay, well, it's. I'm not going <laughs> to kill you. Yeah, I've chosen up a little bit. Okay, so what's your favourite Victorian holiday destination? Favourite Victorian holiday destination is anything with about 18 holes. Ah, the golf course. Yes, I'm a golf tragic. You're a golf tragic. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, we won't hold that against you. <laughs> uh, what's better, a food truck or a takeaway? Oh, gosh, that's a good one. My favourite takeaway, uh, however, there's nothing better than hearing uh, a food truck selling donuts. Oh, yes. yeah. Dandy donut. Mm-hmm. 
Dandy Donuts, or actually Dandenong Market Donuts. Yes. Who's your favourite Melbourne auctioneer to watch? Oh, gosh, I'm going to get shot for saying, uh, even saying this one because I said I'm actually a judge at the yes. uh, Victorian auctioneers. So I'm actually going to play the political correct card. Aww. And play Luke Benitfiotis, who actually uh, is the Victorian Senior Auctioneers Champion for 2019. So who, who was that again? Sorry? Luke Benitziotis. Awesome auctioneer. Look, Victoria has some of the best auctioneers in the world. So uh, if you're really lo- uh, lost for something to do on a Saturday, go and have some fun and watch some auctioneers. Yeah. Good advice. So who's up for the premiership in 2020? If you had a look at my office, you could, I could answer that instantly because there's Tigers posters everywhere. Okay, so you're a major Tigers fan. Well, you've you been dormant for a while, and you've really taken ah, on. Yeah. Just coming out of the woodworks so the last few years. Yeah, we've been waiting quite a while, so I think yeah. we deserve it. Yeah. Yeah. So, what instrument did you play as a kid? Uh, guitar. Did you thrash out those little Led Zeppelin kind of tracks, or? Uh, I, I yes, I actually I still I still do sort of uh, hack along on the guitar. Uh, I'm an ACDC tragic also oh, okay. so i go. love playing those and and growing up sort of with older brothers uh led zeppelin deep purple all the old old type stuff where actually music was music yeah i i agree with that statement i think you know this electronic stuff doesn't does my head in a little bit but anyway all good um so how far away would you drive for a weekend away last weekend we we're down in bansdale oh that's a decent drive Mm, yeah, it was, a, it was about a three-hour drive down there and back, yeah. 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 Um, we try and get away a little bit every now and again. And look, there's so many beautiful places to go in Victoria um, that uh, yeah, we love to explore. Beautiful. Not easy when you're an auctioneer as well. Yeah. Uh, no, sort of uh, the number of times over the years that we've sort of arrived at a hotel close to midnight on a Saturday, I could, uh, yeah, there's been a fair, fair few of those. Oh, I'm sure there would be. <laughs> so what's the most luxurious thing you've seen in a house? Oh, gosh. Uh, would you believe uh, one about a $975,000 Lamborghini Aventador in a garage? Nice. Yeah. That's yeah. Um, we went through a stage around this area. Yep. We went through a stage where everybody was putting saunas into houses around here. Yeah. Um, and now you go into those houses and they are just fantastic storage spots. That's what they get useful. <laughs> uh, so who was the last comedian you saw live? Would you believe Robin Williams? Oh, wow. That would have been awesome. Would, yeah. It was the most amazing thing. And yeah, to, to watch him live, is uh, it's, it's you go home your head spinning the, the yeah. how fast he's and the jokes and you can't keep up but no. yeah that's uh, I got it as a birthday present from a mate and we went together and it was just the most amazing night wow yeah you would be one of the lucky ones to see him that's for sure mm. how old were you when you bought your first home I was 20, 25. We bought a block of land. And this gives you an idea of how, one, how old I am and two, how things have changed. We yeah. bought a block of land, 660 square metres in the heart of Vermont South. Yeah. And we paid $122,500 for the, for the land. Yeah. And I went home that night when, after we'd, we'd purchased it. My wife asked me, as a real estate agent, yeah. did we pay too much? And I really couldn't answer that question. Yeah. 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 Yeah, probably not. Probably not, yeah. Well, no. And last question, what's your favourite winery to go visit? I like the ones around the Yarra Valley. 
Um, I've been there to quite a few. So there's not one particular one, um, but the best best winery I've had is uh, Shadow Yearing. It was beautiful. I had there had had a couple of Christmas parties there over the years, and that's a beautiful view. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty. I'm venturing up that way tomorrow. Yeah, it's, it's lovely there. And we actually, as we drove in one day, uh, thought, thought, oh, how cool is this going to a winery for lunch? How, how hoity-toity are we? Mm. Parked the car. And just as we parked the car, in flew a helicopter and half a dozen people jumped out of the helicopter and put us right back on our place. About oh, that's, that's, yeah. that's a regular thing, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. Absolutely. <laughs> So, Adam, do you have any uh, specials you'd like to offer our listeners? Look, we're, uh, we operate in the uh, the city of Whitehorse. Anybody that uh, comes to us and sort of mentions your podcast, we're happy to look after them on special rates on commission and on um, on advertising. Uh, we're happy to happy to discount that by about twenty percent for anybody that gives us a call and mentions your uh, your podcast. Sounds like a great offer. Awesome. Yeah, Good thank job. you so much. Anytime. Thank you very much, Adam, for informing our listeners about the importance of the Section 32. You've given our listeners some great tips on what to look out for. So, yeah, we hope to have you on again soon. Thanks a lot. Thank you very much, Grant. It's been an absolute pleasure. So next week we have Matthew Phillips from Patterson Homes to talk to us about the do's and don'ts of signing a building contract. It's a perfect episode for those who are about to sign their life away with a build-up. So, yes, tune in for that one, Adam. (laughs) Thank you very much. Looking forward to that one, definitely. Real Estate Right is a real copyright and We Shoot Buildings production. We would like to thank Podbean for hosting our podcast, Audio Stock for sound effects, Premium Beat for our theme music, and Zoom for our video link. Don't forget, if you are selling in the city of Whitehorse, MJ Docking are offering 20% off commission and advertising if you mention Real Estate Right. So give Adam Docking a call on double eight double seven seven zero double two. That's double eight double seven seven zero double two. Like us on Facebook, Instagram, or subscribe on your favourite podcast service. Thanks for listening to Real Estate Right.